hey, listen to this Christmas carol, man. No way, man. We're listening to a podcast instead. Wait, which one? Here, just give me the aux cable. You'll love it. The aux cable has been plugged in, and now so are you. I am? Yeah. Oh, okay, sweet. Coming up in this episode, it's the Hawks Cable Holiday Special Fan Edition. All the faces have gotten together to put forth a brand new Hawks Cable episode all by themselves. We'll have to see how it turns out this week on the Hawks Cable. Hello and welcome to the Ox Cable, the show where we get you plugged into advice on everything. Everything. I'm Jeff Ross and I'm here as a representative of all the faces, that is the fanatical Ox Cable enthusiasts who've worked so hard to put this podcast episode together. We found out that Ryan and Matthew have very, very busy schedules. They aren't just the hosts of this podcast. So because they have such busy schedules, we thought we would all put our combined talents together and put out an episode for them. So we hope you enjoy the show. And now it's time for a special message from the office of the How Dare You. Please welcome the How Dare You himself, Jeff Ross. Thank you, uh, random announcer guy. Yes, I'm Jeff Ross, and I'm here in the office of the How Dare You, which you're probably, possibly wondering what that means. Well, on the not form of OxCableShow.com, we have an organization known as the Overly Punny Honor Association of Trolls, acronymed as Top Hat. And in that organization, I have the role of Honorary Official Wordsmith, Director and Regent Extraordinaire, yet Operationally Unobtrusive, which is acronymed as How Dare You, sometimes pronounced How Dare You. And in this role, I have a special question to answer for you today. And this question comes from Kristen. Kristen is the president of Top Hat. Let's see what Kristen has to say. Announcer, please read the question. Why is it called a duffel bag? Thank you. The answer to this question is actually pretty simple. The name for duffel bag is, first of all, bag. Uh, It's because it is a type of bag made out of cloth used to hold things. And then duffel comes from a town called Duffel in Belgium, which is where the materials used to make the first duffel bags originated from. Now, you're probably wondering then, how did the town of Duffel get its name? Well... It comes from some old words in the native languages around that region, which mean water, because there is a river that runs through Duffel. And there you go. Now you know how Duffel Bag got its name. This has been Jeff Ross in the office of the How Dare You. And now we continue with the next segment of our podcast. Hey, that's my line. Sorry. Hey there, aces, faces, and whoever else might be listening. This is Awkward Potato. And I'm here to get you plugged into advice on, well, a couple things at least. I'm about to answer some of Kristen's questions. The first one I have today is, what is the opposite of opposite? Literally, the opposite of opposite is edisapo, but that's too easy. This seemed like it could be a tough question, so I decided to consult the all-knowing Google search engine. I looked up the question and found 
several more answers. The dictionary defines it as same, alike, equivalent, etc. Another one said that the opposite of opposite is opposite, because the two things involved are opposites, and the opposite of either of them would be the opposite. If you use conventional math, the answer would be opposite squared, since opposite of opposite would be opposite times opposite. And of course, you could throw a prefix on it and say unopposite, or take off the op and just say posit. If you want to sound educated, you should probably go with the dictionary definition, but the others are more fun in my opinion. I hope that answered the question well enough. Now for a question that has made me wonder ever since I stopped to consider it. Was an orange named after the color, or was the color named after the fruit? Orange was actually originally the name of just a fruit until around the 16th century. The color we now call orange was originally called jewelried, spelled G-E-O-L-U-H-R-E-A-D, which meant yellow-red. The word orange came from the Spanish naranja, which was from the Sanskrit naranga, meaning orange tree. During the early 16th century, the word started slipping into the English language and eventually became orange as we use it today. Also, the word orange doesn't rhyme with any word in the English language, but it comes close. The word sporange, which relates to spores, and blorange, mountain in Scotland. Hey guys, this is Becca, and this is like my fifth time trying to record this. It's harder than it looks, and I have the words right in front of me, so, um, I am here to answer one of Kristen's questions. So the question I have here is, is it wrong to find people's addresses on the internet and mail them a Christmas card? If so, is it morally wrong or legally wrong? Does the answer change if it's a homemade card that you drew? Well, Kristen and whoever else is wondering these strange thoughts like myself, I'm going to do my best to answer that. So I searched the internet and couldn't find anything about it being illegal. However, I actually had a funny story. About a year or two ago, we got this Christmas card from this family, and they looked so nice and beautiful with cute little kids and warm smiles, but we had and still have no idea who they are. So we have this random Christmas card with a lovely note on it. It's not really directed to us like that our address and our name are not on it. It's just our address. But we've asked the previous owners of our address and they don't know who they are either. Our friends and our family don't recognize them at all. And so from the other end of receiving the card, it's funny but kind of creepy getting a card from a random family. So I think morally it's up to you if you want to pull some crazy Christmas prank, this is the ideal prank for you. If it changes whether it's homemade or not, I guess it depends on how well you are at drawing, you know? Because I know some people who can draw a really good nativity scene or a Santa, something Christmassy. But I also know some people who could make Santa look like an axe murderer. So maybe show it to someone who will give you an honest answer. But that's my answer. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day. And now it's time for U.S. History with Josiah the part of the show where Josiah comes out and talks about U.S. history. This question is from Kristen. She asks, who is Alexander Hamilton? Well, Kristen, I've got some answers for you. Alexander Hamilton was born in either 1755 or 1757, historians are unsure, in the Leeward Islands, an archipelago in the Caribbean. His mother died in 1768, leaving both Alexander and his elder brother James effectively orphaned as their father had already abandoned them. In 1772, he emigrated to North America for education. 
He participated in the American Revolution and for several years was one of George Washington's aides, along with several others, including John Lawrence and Frenchman Marquis de Lafayette, who, by the way, was an alien, not an immigrant. Is using correct terminology really that hard? Like, come on. Anyway, um... (coughs) In 1780, Hamilton married Elizabeth Schuyler, and the two had eight children. After the war, he was a member of Congress and attended the Constitutional Convention. He was the only representative from New York to sign the Constitution. Along with James Madison and John Jay, Hamilton wrote several essays called the Federalist Papers that defended the Constitution. I just used Constitution like three times in the last 30 seconds. That was really bad planning. Anyway... Hamilton, unlike Madison, supported a strong federal government. In 1795, he was named the first U.S. Secretary of the Treasury by President Washington, a post that Hamilton held until 1795. He wished to create a national bank and persuaded Washington to do so, despite Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson and others thinking that his financial plan was an outrageous demand and too many dang pages for any man to understand. Hamilton's conflict with Jefferson and Madison is more or less the reason for political parties forming, with Hamilton's faction often being referred to as the Federalists and Jefferson and Madison's belonging to the Democratic Republicans. In 1800, Jefferson, along with running mate Aaron Burr, defeated incumbent John Adams in the presidential election, but due to an incredibly clunky electoral system, the U.S. House of Representatives had to decide whether Burr or Jefferson would be president, despite the fact that the ticket had Jefferson for president and Burr for vice president. Several members of the Federalist-controlled House decided to be unhelpful and planned to vote for Burr. Hamilton, who distrusted Burr, was able to use his influence to have Jefferson elected, despite rarely agreeing with Jefferson. Then, Burr shot Hamilton. Right? Wrong! Stupid historical inaccuracies. Why? Jefferson dropped Burr from the 1804 ticket, and the former vice president ran in the New York gubernatorial race instead, running against Morgan Lewis. Hamilton actively opposed the election of Burr, and Burr was defeated. Burr, angered, challenged Hamilton to a duel, which took place on July 11, 1804. Burr shot Hamilton, who died the next day. I hope that was sufficiently answering your question sufficiently. That was horrendous grammar. Um, yeah, I have literally nothing else to say. Okay, I should probably stop recording now. This has been U.S. History with Josiah. Tune in next time to hear Josiah sputter about JFK not actually being a very good president and how Nixon was better. The opinions expressed by Josiah the Carrot Stick do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Ryan Matlock, Matthew Bird, or anybody else on the planet. But hey, maybe maybe some fiducians agree with him? I don't know. Hi, this is Franklin. We'd like to stop the show for a moment to thank Ryan and Matthew's Patreons. Because of them, this show is ad-free. Thank you. And now for a message from our sponsor. Do you desperately need a Christmas gift for someone? Well, have we got you covered. You know how you sometimes put your pillow on your refrigerator? No? Well, now your pillow is your refrigerator. That's right. Our pillow doubles as an ice chest. It's the chillo. The pill chill. The ice low? The the ice chest pillow. Now you don't have to go all the way to the kitchen to get that midnight snack. Perfect for that night before Christmas when you don't want to disturb Santa. It's not very comfortable. But that's not all. Order now and you can get a free sound blanket. That's right, you get to have the freedom of a soundboard all night. Order quick and you get it for free with the additional cost of up to $15. No, wait. Of up to $16 now. Get the ice chest pillow. It's cool. And now it's time for Pointless Facts with Mason, the part of the show where Mason comes out and says some pointless facts. 
Hello and welcome to the parts of the episode you never knew you needed. Before we begin, I'd like to explain the difference between a useless fact and a pointless fact. You see, a pointless fact is something that there's really no point to knowing, but there are practical uses for it, like bragging to your friends that you know random things. It's definitely a practical use. A useless fact is just, well, it's flat out useless. Which is why today we are going to be talking about pointless facts. A small disclaimer before we begin, I found all of these using the most accurate way to research something. I did a random Google search. So, everything I say could be incorrect. But for the sake of this segment, it's all correct. Let us begin. Did you know that if a female emperor penguin's young dies, she will often kidnap an unrelated chick? I don't know about you, but that sounds like foul play to me. Clouds. Those white, fluffy, weightless things in the sky. Except they're not. Your average cumulus cloud can often weigh up to a million pounds. And a large thunderstorm can often weigh up to a billion, even a trillion pounds. And yet still, it dangles above our heads, ready to come crashing down at any moment. It's rather unsettling when you think about it. But you know what they say about raindrops. Two's company, but three's a cloud. Side note, look up nacreous clouds. They are one of the coolest things ever. Did you know that McDonald's sells 75 hamburgers every second? And that America alone consumes 1 billion pounds of beef at McDonald's each year. That's approximately 5.5 million heads of cattle. Those are some fat numbers. While we're on the topic of fast food, did you know that the longest drive through line of pay-it-forward customers was at a Tim Hortons in Winnipeg. The line consisted of 228 consecutive cars paying for the person behind them. Don't worry guys, the second longest was at Chick-fil-A. Hey, it's Christmas time, so why not get into the Christmas spirit? Did you know that the average Christmas tree contains about 30,000 bugs and insects? So if you're feeling down about not having enough Christmas presents this year, just remember that you have 30,000 tiny little friends to comfort you. Did you know that the first waterbed was created in 1833, but the modern design for the waterbed actually started in science fiction? I tried making a homemade waterbed once by squirting the hose onto my bed. My mom walked in and was just like, what are you doing? By the way, if you're not listening to this podcast with an aux cable currently, you're doing it wrong. That's why I'm here to help you. Did you know that according to a random website I found on Google, the Anchor Premium A7123011 is the best aux cable of 2017. It's available in red or black, it's backed by an 18-month warranty, oh, and of course, contacts are plated with 24 karat gold, so, I mean. So if you've been searching for an aux cable, you're welcome. Hashtag not a spawn. Did you know that a real live butterfly apocalypse is currently going on in Siberia? Huge groups of them appeared this summer, and scientists think that there'll be even more next summer. Everyone get ready. They may be preparing an invasion. Did you know that there used to be such thing as the International Hedgehog Olympic Games? Unfortunately, I can't find anything about it online other than the fact that it existed. I even ventured to the dreaded third page of Google, and still nothing. I just really wanted to raise awareness for this so that maybe we can, like, revive it. That'd be amazing. This is Becca, and I have some random facts here for you. First off, I would like to say I'm getting all these from my Snapple-Lids because I have, like, 46, and they are most likely 100% true, probably. 
maybe not. Here are my favorites. Dolphins must have a guilty conscience because they sleep with one eye open. There is an uninhabited island in the Bahamas called Pig Beach, which is populated entirely by swimming pigs. The area code for Cape Canaveral is 321. No joke. Animals that lay eggs don't have belly buttons. In 2003, a six-year-old girl from Florida was ticketed for not having a permit for her lemonade stand. An earthquake in 1812 caused the Mississippi River to flow backwards. And Kristen, you should like this one. You share your birthday with over 9 million other people in the world, which means there are 9 million other people who shared my birthday this year on Friday the 13th. Hang in there with me, guys. We got this. At one time, serving ice cream with pie in Kansas was prohibited. Theodore Roosevelt had a pet bear while in office. Rubber bands last longer when refrigerated. Well, that's all I got for now. Thanks for letting me be on the show. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And this concludes Pointless Facts with Mason. Tune in next week to see Mason cringe at his own voice. And now as this episode draws to a close, we have one last final segment for you today. That's right, Jeff. It's a segment called Editor's Choice. So what is it? The way this works is that lots of faces have sent in answers to a question, and we have also pre-recorded responses to potential answers for the question. Some of us have. And the editor is going to take those responses and take those answers and intersperse them together so that it sounds like we're all having a conversation with each other, even though we aren't. So we'll see how this goes. So what is the question? The question we are answering today, one of life's most important questions, one that you're probably thinking of right now, and that is this. If money and logistics were no object, what would you get Ryan, Matthew, and Angie for Christmas? And why? These responses can be either each individual person or collectively as a group. As for me, Jeff Ross, I would get them Botswana citizenship. (laughs) They would be able to travel to Botswana whenever they wanted, as well as a sponsorship deal with the Botswana Tourism Organization so that they could travel to Botswana all expenses paid, and they would be able to promote Botswana tourism by holding an all-expenses-paid OxCon over there in Botswana. Nice. OxCon, of course, is short for Ox Cable Conference. That's what I would get them. Let's see what the other faces have to say. Who's next? Dawn. Okay, I would get Ryan a lifetime supply of Chick-fil-A because... Ryan and Chick-fil-A are pretty much synonymous in my mind for some strange reason. Uh, Matthew, a lifetime supply of maple syrup because he loves maple syrup. I like it. And I would get Angie a little Groot stuffed animal or what? A stuffed Groot (laughs) because she is the phantom of the forum and she says I am Groot a lot. So I will get her a Groot pillow. Yes. Yes. That is what we will do. That sounds like a gift you could actually give. It does. So who's next? Franklin, the editor himself. Oh, okay. So, Jeff, I contemplated about this for a while, and I came up with several things that I thought would be cool, but they didn't really fit within their taste. So what I finally did come up with was this. For Ryan, it would be a camera like a Hollywood camera, what they would use in a big movie. That and the necessary storage to keep the footage on your computer. 
And Matthew, I was thinking, would get a collapsible, compact analog piano. So it would be portable. So not a digital piano, not an electronic piano, but an actual piano that you can collapse and it would be compact. For Angie, I was thinking, it's not really big, but I thought what she needed was actual war paint. That's what I've got, Jeff. Why? Oh yeah, uh, well, a camera for Ryan because he's a video guy and it seems like something that could eventually be very useful. And I know that Matthew really likes music and he does play the piano, I believe. And apparently Angie likes war paint. Ooh, I don't know about that one. <sighs> okay, so Wile E. Coyote's next, right? What you got for us? I guess for Ryan for Christmas, if I could get anything, not considering money or anything that's reasonable, I would get him a giant talking hot dog so that every time it saw bread or buns, it would say, it's a bun. Get it? Instead of it's a pun. What a ponderful idea. Sorry, I crack myself up sometimes. No, it's okay. Well, it looks like that's everyone. Jeff, it was good doing the- And the one, the only, Chris Howard. Wait, what? Hey, this is Chris Howard for the uh, aux cable thing. Okay, so I'm taking you on your word that money and logistics are, are no objects in this situation. I'm thinking like this whole apartment complex. Not apartment, an apartment complex. So everyone in the crew can have like their own apartment, but also all be together in one centralized location. And that would probably make like recording and editing just so much easier and faster. I... Uh... Um, wow, what oh. a creative set of gift ideas. Jeff? Unfortunately for Ryan, Matthew, Jeff? and Angie, we do have financial Jeff? and logistical limitations on what we can give them for Christmas this year. We do hope that they receive this podcast episode as a Christmas present instead. Merry Christmas, guys. And this has been Editor's Choice. And this concludes the Ox Cable Holiday Special Fan Edition. The hashtag for this episode is... Ox Cable Fan. That's right, hashtag Ox Cable Fan for this episode. And we'd like to wish you all a happy and safe and enjoyable holiday season, whether that be Canadian Thanksgiving or American Thanksgiving or Black Friday or Hanukkah or Christmas or Boxing Day or New Year's or the release of the 200th episode of the Inner Tube or Epiphany. Whatever holidays you're celebrating this holiday season, we hope you have an excellent time celebrating them. My name is Jeff Ross. On behalf of all the faces... We hope you stay tuned for the next episode of the Ox Cable, and we hope you come and check out the Knot Forum on the website. That's oxcableshow.com. Check out the Knot Forum there, and check out all previous episodes of the Ox Cable while you're there on the website. Feel free to go back and binge listen to all of them. I know that Ryan and Matthew would not mind if you did that. Also, you can submit questions for future episodes that we have been promised will come eventually. You can do that or email them at questions at oxcableshow.com. That concludes this awesome, awesome podcast episode. Thank you again for everyone who helped make it possible. We hope you have a great day. Okay, bye!